I'll start this morning and ask you a very simple question. Would you say that you have a great memory? I see some people shaking their heads, no. Is there anybody here this morning that would say that they do have a great memory and be willing to raise their hand? Don't be ashamed of that. All right? Well, Caleb said he does. You're young and you don't have bills and other worries of life to worry about just yet, so wait. But I ask you that, would you say you have a great memory? And the thing is, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes it's the simplest of things that we tend to forget. For me, I haven't been up to the church, I've just been so busy with life and work and everything else, I haven't been up to the church during the week in a little while, and so I forgot my code for the door. Now, it's simple, but I haven't used it in a while, and my phone was locked up and wouldn't let me find the code, but a few weeks had passed and I couldn't remember it, Right? And y'all, it's the things that we need to remember that we can't, right? It's the things that we need to remember that we can't. And so this morning, we wrap up our series on commissioned. And I'm thankful for the three or four guests that we have this morning. You've come in on a great Sunday. Not only is every Sunday at Bible Fellowship or any house of the Lord should be a great Sunday, but this is a great Sunday because we're wrapping up this series, right? And I I want to recall our people to remember. So you're going to get highlights from all our previous messages. Why? Because we, I want our folks to be able to see the significance and the weight of these verses that we've been studying. Because if we don't grasp the weight and the significance and the steps that we need to be about, both personally and as a church taking, then we might as well close the doors and go home. Because there's steps in there that Jesus gives us as his final word. Most people commonly refer to it as the great commission. I would say there are parts of there that the great omission, well, we just, that's for somebody else. That that other church down the street to do that. No, that's for each of us individually as believers and us as a church. So I want you to take your copy of God's word and turn over to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at the verses that we've been looking at for the last four weeks. Now listen now, listen. Don't you just read these words. Don't you just listen to these words and say, Oh, Pastor Chris, is, he said these the last four weeks. I don't need to listen to this. No. Listen with open ears and an open heart. Let God reveal something to you maybe you haven't seen. Right? That's the beauty of His Word. It is living and it is active. And every time we come to it, y'all, I don't know about you. Not every time for me, but a lot of times when you come to it, you're like, Wow, Lord, your Word says that? Oh, wow. We're supposed to... Okay, that's cool. That's encouraging. Oh, that's convicting. Right? It's all, it's living, it's active. So listen to what the Lord tells the disciples. Some of his last words that Matthew records as he closes out his gospel. And Jesus came and said to them, that's the disciples, the eleven. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's where we stopped last week. And so this week we're going to look at this this part of the passage. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, y'all, as we've mentioned these last few weeks, this is not a mere suggestion. right? We are called to fulfill Jesus' commission 
for us. When you commission somebody, you're sending them out to act in your authority. And here Jesus is saying to the disciples, all authority in heaven has been given me. I'm giving it to you. Go. As you are going, live it out. So he's empowering us. And he's, he empowered them. But y'all think about it. Some 2,000 years ago on a hill, you know, Jesus is talking to the disciples. How is it some 2,000 years later that we're still talking about Jesus? We're still talking about the Great Commission. We're still trying to grasp it. We're still trying to understand it. We're still trying to live it out. You know why? Because we're a stubborn people. We were stubborn then and we're stubborn now. And so we need to remember those things. We need to be called to remember us. Why last week did we take communion? Right? He says, do this in remembrance of me. Because occasionally you need to come to the, to the altar and you need to come to the table because the table has been set for you and, and, and the table is for everyone who will believe in the name and the shed blood of Jesus. Right? And we need to remember the sacrifice and the pain and the suffering and the death that Jesus paid for our sins. So as we've looked in this series, all of our words have started with M. Move, make, mark, mature. And today we'll look at our fifth word. And so what have we talked about thus far? Well, first off, in the, in the first series, we said, in the first message, we talked about move. We said that when you know that you must go, right? I don't, y'all probably saying, oh Lord, that, we knew that was coming next. Yeah, right? When you know Jesus, you must go. It's not an option. It's not an if, and, or but. It's when you know Jesus, you go. What does he tell the disciples? Go. That's the first word. I love verbs in scripture, right? He didn't didn't cut to the chase. He just says go. And it's really as you're going. Listen, I tell y'all this every week, and and y'all probably get tired of hearing it, but it's the honest to God truth. As I'm studying and I'm preparing for messages, and we've been working on this series God just tucks these nuggets of wisdom in my path. And I was reading something from Oswald Chambers. And listen, he said it so simply. He said, go simply means live. Right? That's what Jesus has called us to do. When you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you've accepted the payment that he paid on Calvary for your sins. That he wants you to live. He wants you to live a full life. He came for you to have life and have it abundantly. So live. Live it for Him, not the world. Acts 1.8. What does He tell us? He says, You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Now, sometimes we talk about that, and that's like here, near, and far, or whatever. But listen to this analogy that somebody gave me. Jerusalem, that's your home. That's your family. You're to be my witness in your family. In your house. Judea. That's your neighborhood. And Samaria. What did we learn about Samaria a few weeks ago when I preached on that? They didn't want to go through Samaria. So Samaria, your Samaria is the places that you don't want to go. That's where Jesus needs you most. So Jesus must, that he had to go through Samaria. Why? So he could meet the woman at the well. And when he met the woman at the well, guess what? She took his message someplace that the disciples couldn't take it. That's how Jesus works. We said that you have to make. Go, therefore, and make. Make what? Make disciples. We've said in this series all along that disciples are made, not born. 
Right? They, now they are born, but you just aren't born a disciple. You have to be a disciple. You have to be a student. Oh, and I love this nugget of wisdom. Your church is only as good as its disciples. Some people might not, some people might disagree with that, and that's okay. But you think about it. If we're in the business of making disciples, making students of Jesus, and we leave this place and we go out into this world, I didn't ask you to follow Bible Fellowship. I didn't ask you to follow Chris Moore. I ask you to follow Jesus. We have to be a student of Jesus. And it's more than coming and sitting on a pew on Sunday morning. It's leaving here, and as Jesus said, go. As you're going, be my student and live out my word. Then we saw that we're supposed to mark, right? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's how we mark, mark believers. And we said that baptism is an outward sign of an inward transformation. It doesn't save you. It's like my wedding band. This morning I forgot it on my nightstand. Kendall thankfully brought it to me. But when I didn't have it on, did it mean that I wasn't married anymore? I could take a pass. I could be not married for like two hours or whatever it was. Right? No. But it's an outward sign. And what a beautiful Sunday that was that we gathered around the baptismal and, and we asked God to fill these waters again. Why? So that people might take their next step in baptism. So that we could celebrate with them. Why? Of an inward transformation. For them to take part in that. Does it save you? No. Because guess what? When you come out of those waters, you're going to be wet, but eventually you'll dry. But it's more than that. It's a symbol of what Christ did with us. Because as you're buried, as you're, as you're lowered under that water, it's a representation of being buried with Christ in the tomb. And when you're raised, you're raised to what? Newness of life. You're a new creature. You're a new creator. You're, or you're a new creature. Now last week, we talked about Maturity. And mature. We said that spiritual maturity is not something that you can assess by simply looking at someone once, but it's measured by how they reflect Jesus in their everyday life. We talked about how we need to extend grace, right? As we look in on someone else's path to maturity, we have to extend grace. And I'll tell you this morning that I had to pray and I had to extend grace, right? Because everybody is on a different path. People struggle with different things than you do. Extend grace. We need to be about receiving and extending grace. And friends, we need to assess our own hearts and our own lives and we need to ask, are we growing? Right? If we're going to be students, students take tests. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like tests. I don't do very well at them on a written test. But guess what? In life, they're not written tests. They're tests that the Lord will send you whether or not you're going to help somebody. I know a couple here in this church. The Lord sent them a test, sent them an opportunity to be a blessing. 
They were lost. They couldn't figure out where they were supposed to get. And so they got in the car and they drove to Columbia to help get them back to the exit that they needed to be on to get on their way because it was an elderly man, an elderly woman. Would you do that? That was an hour that way and an hour back. Why'd they do it? Because they saw a need. And in that person, they saw their loved one. And what would they want someone to do if that was their mother or their father? That gave them time to be together, but they were a blessing. So today, our word is memory. Y'all say memory. Memory. Memory, right? I will say to you this morning that we need to commit to memory. What did Jesus say? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Listen, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We need to commit that to memory, that Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. A young pastor, listen, he, would, he was going to visit several ladies once a week and to read the Bible to them. And so he came to the end of Matthew's gospel. And he said, lo, I'm with you always until the end of the age. And he added, isn't that a great promise? And one of those dear saints quickly replied, young man, that's not a promise. That's a fact. Right? It is a great promise, but it's a fact. God's word says it. He says he is with you always. And guys, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm walking through this world, I get down and I get discouraged or I get anxious and the older I get, the quicker I go there, but I struggle and, and I just, oh, I'm anxious and it's like I'm just struggling with some, you know, frustration. And then that still small voice says, pray. Like, Lord, why didn't I think to pray sooner? Right? Why, why was I so afraid to remember that you're there with me? Right? Because we lose our focus. We get focused on the wrong things. So this morning, as we've been doing in a part of the series, and as I preach and teach, we're going to do a little Bible drill. Go back to the beginning of Matthew's Gospel in chapter 1. So this notion that God is with us, that Jesus is with us. Look with me in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. When you find your place, say amen. All right. Seems like everybody's on board. So Matthew chapter 1, 21 through 23. Listen to what Matthew tells us. Because it's talking about Joseph and Mary. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had spoken, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son... And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, friends, when you know your Bible and you get in your Bible and you start digging, it is a treasure chest full of information, full of just pieces and parts that God can connect. And that's one of my prayers, Lord, help me to just connect. Help me to see you in a different way. And, and, and what that is, Matthew is quoting Isaiah 7.14. So 700 years before Christ, Isaiah prophesied. And he said, hey, there's coming one 
And the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then thank God in Scripture they give us Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Jesus' name means when we say Emmanuel, God with us. Turn over to the 18th chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. Many of you know this verse. We quote it. We often misquote it or misapply it. We'll get to that maybe one other day. But for the sake of this morning, remember this truth. 18 verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Turn over to John's gospel. John chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 12. Look in verse 26. So John 12, verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there he will be my servant. There will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So I ask you this morning, where is Jesus? And there's where we should be also. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. The places that you don't want to go, God is already working. God is already working. Will you go and work alongside of Him? That takes faith. That takes courage. Pushing past fear. Look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, falls under the heading of, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to what the Lord tells them. He says, let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. And where I am, you may also be all, you may be also. Look at verse 26 through 27 of the same chapter. He tells us, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Believers, He is with us now in spirit. But we will eternally be with Him in person. What a promise. As those old ladies that the pastor was ministering to, sorry, as those senior saints that that younger pastor was ministering to, Yes, that's a promise, but praise God, what a fact. What a fact. In the meantime, hear these truths. Listen to what he tells us about peace in our hearts. Peace, I I leave with you. My peace, I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Friends, redirect them. As I told one of our uh, precious saints this morning, keep looking up. 
keep looking up. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker of the heavens and the earth. Keep looking up, friends. And lastly, look in John chapter 17, verse 24. John 17, verse 24. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. Verse 26, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus is with us. He lives in us. What a promise. What a fact. Very quickly, the phrase in in Matthew 28, the end of the age. Listen, it indicates that our Lord has a plan. He is the Lord of history. And as the church follows His leading and obeys His word, they, really let's turn that internally, you and I will fulfill His purposes in the world. And listen, it will come to climax one day. Meanwhile, we must be faithful and remember that He is with us always. So, what about you? Friends, this verse should give you hope and it should give you courage. God has called us to move. God has called us to make disciples. God has called us to mark people, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And He's called us to teach them all that He has commanded them. If we're going to teach them all that He's commanded them, we've got to know it. We've got to mature. We've got to allow God to work in us so that we can be a Paul to a Timothy so that we can pass it on to a next generation. Because friends, there's a verse in the Old Testament and it says there arose a generation that did not know you and what you had done. That's a scary verse. But it still rings true today. Because if we don't make Him known and if we don't talk about what He's doing in our hearts and our lives and in His church, who will? Make Him known. Don't be afraid. It doesn't take much. If you've got a pen, you can be a, a gospel disciple maker. right? Write a note of encouragement. How often do you get something handwritten in the mail these days that's worth looking at? You don't. It's old school. Old school is still cool. Right? Because it's different. It's out of the norm. Write somebody a letter. If you have an oven, bake somebody something. Y'all like to bake your pastor stuff too. That was good, by the way. That uh, what do you call that stuff? Crack? What is it? No, it's it's like chocolate crack or something. Whatever it was, it was. It was really good. But you bake things, right? If that's what God, if you're a good baker, bake things and give it to somebody and say, hey, I just thought you could use this. Now don't go baking something really sweet and give it to a diabetic. Like be friendly, you know, find something that they can eat <clears throat> that maybe doesn't have as much sugar, has splendor, or whatever you do with all that stuff. I don't know. But make something. If you got a telephone, we got a guy who visits, Ken, who visits with us. Ken picks up the telephone and calls people and says, how can I pray for you? 
When was the last time you picked up the phone and called somebody you hadn't talked to in a while and said, Hey, Brother Mike, how you doing? I can pray for you today. Or just shoot him a text and say, Hey, I was in my quiet time and I'm just praying for you today. Hope you have a great day. What would that do to them? But you're pointing them to Jesus. We said what this morning? It's about memory, that we need to commit to memory these things, that Jesus is with us. We need to remember Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. But we also need to hold on to Isaiah 41.10. It says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Old Testament prophesies, listen, this is something I ran across as I was studying. The Old Testament prophesies and genealogies, prophecies and genealogies in the book of Matthew, present Jesus' credentials for being king of the world. Not a military or political leader, as the disciples had originally hoped, but a spiritual king who can overcome all evil and rule in the heart of every person. Listen, If we refuse to serve the king faithfully, we are disloyal subjects. Fit only to be banished from the kingdom. That's a strong word. We must make Jesus king of our life and worship him as savior and as a king and lord. So what what do we do now? How do we how do we live that out? I want you to take your bulletin, turn it where you can see the Bible Fellowship. Now turn it over on the back. Five weeks we spent in these verses. So I have a challenge for you this morning. Will you allow me the opportunity to pray for you? Let's look at these. These are some statements that I wrote. And as we read them, if there's one that stands out in your mind, will you circle it? You'd be so kind if you want me to pray for you by name. That's fine. You can write your name somewhere on the back. But as we read these statements, I want you to think about them. Don't circle them just yet. But is there one? Because I want to get these from you at the end of the service. In the basket or in the um, often plate up front. These are next steps that you need to take. Now, I'm going to issue a word of caution before I read these. If you want to be a curmudgeon and not fill one out, don't just circle one just for the sake of circling. We're doing business with God. And this is my opportunity to pray for you as you say, okay, Pastor Chris, this is my next step. Will you pray that I'll do this? Write your name. If you don't want to write your name, that's okay too. 
but let's take this seriously. So this morning, I want to ask you these questions, or these statements. Do they apply to you in your walk with Christ? Can you say after we've been through this series, maybe I want to reflect Christ as I'm going. Maybe you might be one that says, I haven't gone, but pray that I will go. Maybe you want to commit this morning and say, I will be a student of Jesus. You might say, I desire for someone to invest in my spiritual journey. Oh, friends, there might be one of you here this morning that would say, Lord, send me someone to disciple. Send me someone I can invest in their life. You might say, Pastor Chris, I want to be baptized. I've accepted Christ as my Savior, but I've never been baptized. Or, you might be one that could say, I was baptized, but I need a change of blank. You fill in that blank with what it might be. You might need a change of heart. You might need a change of attitude. Are you one here this morning that could say, Lord, help me to extend grace to others as they mature in Christ. Is there someone here this morning that would be courageous enough to check? I realized through this series that I wasn't as mature as I thought I was. I don't know if I checked that one, I'd put my name by it. It's okay. I'll pray for you if that's you. Oh, friends, we talked about this morning. Memory. Committing to memory that Jesus is with us. Maybe your next step is that you want to memorize Scripture. Hey, we'll start small. I'll be glad to help you. There's a verse. Jesus wept. Can you remember that? The other thing is, friends, don't get caught up in remembering the whole verse. Remember what you can. Tuck it away in your heart and your mind. Friends, or you might be someone here this morning that says, I need to remind myself, Jesus is with me always. Then lastly, help me find resources related to blank. Right? That's what I'm here for. Don't put me on a pedestal. I'm just a sinner saved by grace coming each and every Sunday morning trying to seek the Lord and seek His heart and what He wants me to bring before His people. But we're in this together. So somebody might say, well, I might need a resource of how to have a quiet time. Or I might need help in discipling somebody. Or how do I memorize Scripture? Or how do I use this, how can I use this Bible app on my phone to do the most that it can do? How can I learn to share my faith? I don't know. Whatever it is, guys, there are statements on the back this morning. Let me pray for you. Miss Betsy, if you'll continue to play for us, we'll give you a few moments. Let me pray. I'll give you a few moments to circle those. There's a basket in the back in the center. Thank you, Brother Jimmy, for bringing that out. Basket in the back, offering plates up front. Will you circle one of these? 
and allow me the privilege to pray for you as you take this next step. Or to celebrate with you. Maybe one of these on here that I can celebrate with you. Right? Because we don't just come to this place every Sunday to play games. We come here to do business with God. And I don't know about you, but I have next steps. Not a step, but steps, plural, that I need to take. Let's do this together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this series. God, thank you for just pointing it in my way. Lord, thank you for just the beauty of sitting down in in these verses the last five weeks. And just digging and letting it marinate. Let it resonate in our soul. Now, Father, I pray for this response time this morning. It's different than we've done since I've been here. It might be different than someone else has ever experienced. But God, you called us together to be the body of Christ, to be body of believers, focused and running after you, to be a disciple, to be a student of you, Jesus, to study your word, to pray, and to go. Just to live out a life glorifying you. Father, I pray now as we have this time of stillness that you would stir in our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray for these cards that will come because they're next steps that your dear saints are taking and things that they realize. And Father, what a privilege it will be to pray for those who let me know a next step that they've taken. Not because of of me, but because of you and how your Holy Spirit is stirred in their hearts. Father, have your way. Have your way.